Hi there. Thank you for choosing to listen to this sermon. We pray that God would use this as an added resource to benefit you in conjunction with you belonging to a local church near you. This sermon was preached at Central Baptist Church Pretoria. 130 years of believers loving God, caring for one another and impacting the world. If you are visiting us for the first time in a long time or for the first time ever, it is our culture at Central Baptist Church to work verse by verse through books of the Bible. We're presently in 2 Corinthians, which is in the New Testament after the Gospels and Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians. Guess what comes next? Yes, 2 Corinthians. You can turn with me in your Bibles now to chapter 3. We'll be looking at the first six verses this morning of 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. Sounds like the rustle of paper has abated. And so it's come to the reading of God's word. Friends, hear the word of God. Are we beginning to commend ourselves? Again, or do we need, as some do, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter of recommendation written on our hearts to be known and read by all. And you show that you are a letter from Christ. delivered by us written not with ink but with the spirit of the living god not on tablets of stone but on tablets of human hearts such is the confidence that we have through Christ toward god not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything is coming from us but our sufficiency is from God who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant not of the letter but of the spirit for the letter kills but the spirit gives life just so far in the reading of God's word amen yes my argument for this morning. This is the main point that I want to make. You can write this one down. Saving faith bears living testimony. Saving faith bears living testimony. And bottom line is saving faith looks like something. Saving faith bears living testimony. Now I'm going to make just two points. Only a Baptist sermon has three points in it. Today I'm just making two points, but it's what I see in the text. Two points. The first point is a living testimony from verse 1 to verse 4, a living testimony from verse 1 to verse 4, and the second point is a saving faith in verse 5 and 6, a saving faith in verse 5 and 6. And so to go to the first point, a living testimony in verse 1 to 
I'm going to read the passage again, just so, or from 1 to 4 anyway, just so that we have it in our mind's eye before we come to the teaching of God's Word. Let me tell you what it's about. Basically, the Corinthians commend Paul's ministry as living letters from Christ by the Spirit to God. Let's read from verse 1. Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, as some do, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter of recommendation. Written on our hearts to be known and read by all men. And you show that you are a letter from Christ delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, and not on tables of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. And such is the confidence we have through Christ toward God. Now, last week, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, from verse 12 to verse 17, you may remember that Paul spoke about his commission. His commission to preach Christ and Christ crucified. And in that text, Paul alluded to peddlers of God's word. Peddlers, not as in on a bicycle. Peddlers, as in kind of like uh, illegitimate salesmen. Peddlers of God's word. Peddlers of God's word are described later on in this book as false apostles, deceptive workmen who, who disguise themselves as apostles of Christ. Now, in defense, yeah, Paul is asking rhetorically, are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Am I tooting my own horn? Am I blowing my own trumpet? Must Paul defend his apostleship by providing a stamped letter of approval, a CV, a reference letter? No. Paul says that he has two letters. Now follow his logic together with me in verse 2. Paul says that his own heart is a letter of recommendation. His own heart is a letter of recommendation. The, the Corinthians are written on this minister's heart. He loves them. He cares for them and is ongoingly making them known and read by all who come into contact with him. Paul's own heart is his first letter of recommendation, but he has two letters of recommendation. And you can follow Paul's logic to see his second letter of recommendation in verse 3. The transformed lives of the Corinthian church is his second letter of recommendation. The Corinthians show by the way that they live, they affirm that Paul's message delivered was the true gospel, that it is able to save and it's able to transform lives. The Corinthians' heart is his second letter. 
But while Paul, this minister, was the deliverer of the message, Paul, this minister, is not the author of salvation. The Corinthians in our text are a letter from Christ. And the letter has been written on the hearts by the spirit of the living God. And Paul's not even done. This letter letter is addressed to God. Friends, salvation is an internal work. Salvation is a divine work. Salvation is a sovereign work of God. Salvation is from Christ. Salvation is with the Spirit. And salvation ultimately is to God. Salvation is a Trinitarian work. Amen. Now, precisely because this is a divine work, precisely because this is a sovereign work, precisely because this is a work from Christ with the Spirit toward God, Paul can be confident. Not confident in the Corinthians themselves, but confident in God who so powerfully works within them. First point's done, but let me apply it before we move on. Believers have a living testimony. I want you to have a living testimony for my sake and for your sake. For my sake, because the Christian's life should put his minister's sermon in print. Let me repeat it. It's not my words. It's an old preacher's words. The Christian's life, that's all of you, should put the minister's sermon, that's me right now, in print. The Corinthians' life put Paul's ministry in print. Your lives put my ministry in print. I want you to have a living testimony for my sake. But I want you to have a living testimony for your sake. Because if you do not have a living testimony, you have no reason to be assured of salvation. In fact, you may not even be saved at all. Salvation looks like something. True faith always produces a changed life. Believers follow Jesus. Believers love their brothers and sisters. Believers obey God's commands. Believers do the will of God. Believers abide in God's word. Believers do good works. Believers continue in the faith. I want you to have a living testimony for your sake. And I'm not talking about works-based salvation. I'm talking about a tree. Faith is the root It feeds the tree, but a good tree has good fruit. The evidence of saving faith is a fruit-bearing life. I want you to have a living testimony for your sake. And so now to those of you who are sitting here this morning in a backslidden position, the man who professes Christ with his mouth 
but doesn't live out that profession, profession in his life. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. To you who is a lukewarm Christian this morning, the person who is neither hot nor cold, because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, Christ will spit you out of his mouth, friends. If you live according to the flesh, you will die. Remember from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. To healthy Christians, sitting all over the place. I have no doubt, and I know experientially this morning. The man who professes Christ with his mouth and lives out his profession in his life, not sinless perfection, but progressive sanctification. You, let your light shine, that God may be glorified in your life and that you might be assured of the life to come. Here's my argument. Saving faith bears living testimony. And the first point to make that argument was a living testimony from verse 1 to 4. Here comes the second point. A saving faith. A saving faith bears living testimony. A saving faith in verse 5. Let me just tell you what verse 5 and 6 is all about, and then I'll read it so that we have it in our mind's eye. Paul's sufficiency as a minister of a new covenant is from God. That's the big idea here. Let's read verse 5 and following together. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything is coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Now Paul here is clear. You don't save you. (laughs) And the person who delivered the gospel to you doesn't save you. God saves you. Salvation rests safely on the person and the work of God himself. Paul's sufficiency is from God. How does God make his ministers adequate, make his ministers competent, make his ministers sufficient for this ministry? Well, number one, he he saves them. His ministers are saved. Number two, they are set apart. His ministers are set apart. Number three, he gifts them. His ministers are gifted by the Holy Spirit. Number number four, he empowers them. He empowers them by his Holy Spirit. Number five, he prepares them for good works before the foundation of the world. 
Because salvation belongs to the Lord. And evangelism belongs to the Lord too. Evangelists take God's word in God's power to God's people for God's own praise and glory. Paul summarizes the key difference here between the old covenant and the new covenant. And this is the key difference between those two covenants, those two testimonies. The old covenant demanded perfect obedience to the written letter of the law of Moses. The new covenant is sealed by the Holy Spirit. How is it that the letter, the law, kills? Well, friends, the penalty for breaking God's law is eternal death in hell. God has said, whoever has sinned against me, I will blot out of my book. Breaking one line, one link in a chain breaks the whole chain. So whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point becomes guilty of all of it. And so the law doesn't give us righteousness. It doesn't give us eternal life. The law convicts us. It condemns us. It sentences sinners to death. The law is good. But if you're trying to get good with God, the law is bad news to you. How is it that the Spirit then gives life? Well, the Holy Spirit rescues us from death and grants us eternal life when we are born again by His power. The prophet Jeremiah lived in the final days of Judah. He's called the weeping prophet. Jeremiah himself preached for 40 years and yet he did not see success in his lifetime. Yet in Jeremiah 31, verse 31 to 33, we have this beautiful promise. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they shall be my people. The Spirit brings life. How do we go about applying the second point? Luke, the gospel writer, records that during the Last Supper, Jesus took the cup after they had eaten, saying, this cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant In my blood. And the gospel writer Matthew writes, He took the cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, Drink of it, all of you. 
This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. This new covenant promised by the prophets that that brings life comes through the death and through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Only Jesus, only Jesus, Only Jesus can remove your heart of stone and make it living flesh. Unbeliever, sitting here this morning, you who knows that you are not yet right with God, your sin has separated you from Him. And you are unable to reconcile yourself back to God through your own good works. But God has sent his son Jesus into this world. He bled and died in your place. He absorbed the wrath of God against your sin. Who has made the way open that you might be saved. Call on him in your life right now, repent of your sins and put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and you will live. We've looked at just two points this morning. A living testimony, verse one to four. A saving faith, verse five to six. The argument is that saving faith bears living testimony. My prayer for you is that you would have a saving faith and bear a living testimony for God's praise and glory's sake. Amen? Let's close in a word of prayer. Father God in heaven, all men are like grass, their glories are like the flowers of the field. The grass it withers, the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. It is without error. It is sufficient for all matters of life and for godliness. It can be understood by everyone who is in this building today. And so we ask, teach us from your word. Help us to understand your word. By your Holy Spirit, would you renew our minds? Would you stir the affections of our hearts? And would you transform our lives that we might be conformed toward the image of Jesus Christ from one degree of glory to the next? That we, your people, might be set aside in this world for your glory's sake. Even, Lord God, as we come to witness baptisms this morning, we are reminded of saving faith. And we are reminded that saving faith bears a living testimony to your own praise and glory. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon. Find out more about Central Baptist Church at www.central.org.za.